hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is John. And my name is Caitlin. Wow. Okay, that's different. <laughs> I changed one thing on you. One you lose thing. Your whole track which is funny because your track usually then ends yep. with john what do we do yeah and i actually genuinely think if i was doing this on my own i wouldn't really know what to do it's weird i am not i do like i deeply care about this that's the thing but i never remember the order of things i just want you to know that that it's not it's not that i don't care which is which is ironic because what was the last thing we were talking about before we started recording that i'm secretly a dog <laughs> No, no, nobody knows what I was referring to you asking questions to our audience. Oh, right, (laughs) right, Right. it's weird now. Um, Okay, so we made a joke, just so they're aware, we made a joke about what if I was secretly Stella and Stella was secretly me and how weird that would actually be on a lot of levels. Anyway, the questions for the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. So today I did ask a leading question, which mm. was, does anybody have any theories, thoughts, but specifically opinions on Kevin Keller? So we got some questions, questions mm-hmm. like, um, this is from Sophie. She wants to know if we have any theories on how Percy got his powers. And I do. Also, the Rivervale flashback, which is just a thing. Which um, is, uh, they noticed that I was catching on to them, mm, and they're like, let's make it overt, I, which I think was too much. <laughs> I, I like it, honestly. Megan says, do the writers have a grudge against Cammy? Why are her storylines so repetitive and so disconnected from the rest of the show? I like a good casino plot. <laughs> you know, what's weird is, like, I mean, now that the main plot of the show is bonkers on a different <laughs> level, Cammy's running the most grounded storyline yeah, the series is tackling. Somehow... The casino run by someone who's never operated a casino before. Well, I guess she has technically as a For teenager. a night. She ran a casino night. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess the casino also being the home of wise guys from New York City. Of course. Yeah, you got to watch out for those wise guys. Right. They'll get you. Yeah, grounded we all around. <laughs> it's so grounded. Yeah, love it. Uh, we also had uh, Ella say, why won't Betty, Jughead, and Archie tell Frank and Alice about their powers? Great question. And Kevin is a bad person. Should definitely go to New York now. <laughs> Bye, Kevin. I think Kevin's bitter because he's not in New York now. I love how Kevin's but... like, I want to be a Broadway star. I will settle for being a cop in this small town. <laughs> I did spend this entire episode thinking, Alice, what the fuck? Here's the thing. Alice has never really had a moral, a specific moral center. She's right. kind of just lately been Karening around, if you will. She kind of is asked to be a Karen yes. for much of the show. But then sometimes she'll be like, oh, I actually have a backstory right. and a past. It's just frustrating when it's like yeah. she already was in a cult. Right. So like. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that she and would And now have it's grown. just like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> But at the same time, when Betty, Jughead, and Archie are like, we have to go around town and talk to everybody, their first thought isn't, well, Alice is in this house. Let's start here. Yeah, Yeah, where are you guys going? They, in fact, don't talk to her at all, all episode. Do you think she's even being brainwashed? That's not true. They talk to her once all episode. Yeah, but it's for for her to be, like, haughty and mad again. I think we're supposed to think everyone is brainwashed. 
Then, yeah. That's why the unanimous votes are a thing. But here's the thing. Alice can be a monster. So maybe she's just like, I like his politics. That's my problem. No one's checked in on her. True. Yeah. She's like, brainwash. What? No, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All yeah. these thoughts are And then, of own. course, one of our best uh, listeners, uh, Ian J. Rose. Oh, yeah? Uh, your husband said, uh, fuck Kevin, dude. Yeah, he knows all about it. He's a big fan, actually. He, yeah, he really pays attention to Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he actually just watches the Kevin storyline, <laughs> which is weird, but... I mean, he finished the show in, like, a, what, an yeah, afternoon? Right. <laughs> an afternoon, you know, and a full hour, <laughs> all of Kevin's scenes over six six seasons. And he's like, there's a lot of woods happening. There's a lot of... This guy's, of... like, really sad, but he has a ton of jobs. <laughs> like, more than Archie? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought oh, but he doesn't get paid way. for any of them. I see the difference. I think he's just doing a long internship this whole time. He was interning as a teacher. By the way, he was a teacher. He was a teacher first. He was a teacher. And now, and now he's, he's a, a cop. Now he's a cop. He, yeah. By way of Broadway. I don't know what's happening there. <laughs> Is he ever going to go back? Oh, he's not making it to Broadway. You know what's funny? He actually... I, the thing that I always disliked about shows where the person would be like, I'm going to leave and become a famous Broadway performer. Sometimes they were good and sometimes they really were not. Right. In this case, Kevin actually has an incredible voice, could be on Broadway. You know, it's weird because I feel like a lot of times, especially on shows like this, on this network, when there is a character who, who sings a lot, is usually because the actor is trying to set Sing off a, a career in some way. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking Vampire Diaries, like, where the blonde girl had, like, that whole thing going on. Does she sing in real life? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. (laughs) Candace, uh... Kevin does not have that. Uh, 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 What's his name? The actor. Um... Casey Cott. Casey Cott does not have any kind of singing career or or seem to be going after that. He's like, I've never sang before, but I'm really good at it. (laughs) That is kind of his vibe on this show. Yeah, yeah. Or like, even getting cast in, he was like, I don't know, they needed me in under 24 hours, and I thought, why not? How bad could it be? (laughs) I expedited my passport. And now I've been uh, working for six, seven years. Do you remember that story? I think we learned it on on Paley Fest, where it's like, they they looked at like thousands of people for Kevin. It was at the Paley Center, yeah. So many people for Kevin. They're like, Casey, you got to get your passport in order and shave your chest and get to Canada ASAP. <laughs> shave that chest. And he's get like, in that Canada. order? Yeah. On the plane, just like in the bathroom. <laughs> you don't understand. This is my big break. Why The CW does that, by the way. Um, the guy who played Penn Badgley, obviously, we know him as Joe Goldberg on you. Yes. He, he had to wax what his chest name? before Gossip Girl. Because he was just like 16 and he was like 22 and like an adult. Right, but it's also like, can we wait until the shirtless scene? Or yeah, it's also like fall in that in that uh, first episode, and then like for the next twelve episodes, it's winter. Oh, that's funny. And gosh, so now I'm thinking about it, that is weird. I guess he has a few I mean, like makeup. The hair scenes. thing isn't. Yeah, it's weird. Sure, huh. I guess if you yeah. say so. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Anyway. I thought you were talking about CW casting people at like the last minute. But you were oh, saying, no, I think no. most shows, if you're an adult man playing a teenager, you gotta shave the if chest. If you're gonna have a shirtless scene, they're gonna want that chest shaved. Although it's almost like across the board. Yeah. They yeah. want tr- chests shaved in movies. Like Captain America's got a perfectly smooth chest. <laughs> And it was like a big deal when Henry Cavill was like, what if Superman had a hairy chest? <gasps> well, so Chad, not Chad Michael Murray, bless his soul, but what's his face? Channing Tatum said he was Navi waxing for Magic Mike 3. Like he's not doing it. He doesn't want oh, to do I it. Oh, I forgot yeah. they're making Magic Mike And 3. now you're going to know 
What will that one be titled? His Last Dance. Magic Mike's oh, Last Dance. Magic Mike. Magic Mike XXL. And then Magic. Magic Mike's Last Dance. Yes, exactly. I like the title. I've never okay. seen one of those films. Sure. Well, I guess that is the end of that line, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't follow his last dance with a new dance. Well, you can also, you know, it's like Saw, the final chapter. Here's right. six more movies. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, it is weird how they do that. <laughs> yeah, you actually, it turns out you can do that. Spiral from the book of Magic Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Jigsaw's Last Dance. I would watch that. I would watch any sub movie. Mm. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. The title? I have a question. Oh my god. The title of the episode? Yeah. It's only been it's only been six seasons and more than hundred episodes. You opened this episode <laughs> I, with I don't remember how I, this goes. <laughs> I appreciate the bumpers though, because it does help. Um so this is titled The Serpent Queen's Gambit. And there is no movie called that. However, there is a mini series on Netflix called The Queen's Gambit oh. that everybody told me to watch and I did not watch it. You didn't it. watch it? I, I did watched not watch it. it. As I watched much as I love it. All of it, it was really good. Anya Taylor Joy excellent person i mean i don't know her but she seems great i just really love her she did an incredible snl episode she is truly i think she is like the next star also she like looks like someone out of golden age hollywood she really does no she's not american right i think she's argentinian uh, multiple things but I think she's from Argentina, mm. like, at, or maybe she's from. No, she was actually born, uh, born and raised in Buenos Aires uh, and London. I see. Yeah. So, so she's got a weird accent already, but uh, yeah, she's Queen's got Gambit a... is about her playing a fictional female chess master of mid-century America, which is only a bummer because you wish she was a real chess master of mid-century America, who it's is also not, right? addicted to everything. So very she... addictive personality. She's not a real person. No. Interesting. And she grows up in an orphanage and learns to play chess super well, but also like her, she learns to do chess because they give her drugs as a kid. What? <laughs> that like makes it, it's like, yeah, they, they used to give kids in orphanages. Um, the limitless drug? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, visually it's treated very similar <laughs> yes. to the limitless drug. Is this part uh, of the limitless extended universe? God, I wish. I guess I don't know what exactly it was, but it lets, but it hits her in a way that makes her drowsy and unable to pay attention to things. But when she takes it at night, it also like lets her see a chessboard on the ceiling, and she like learns to play chess. It's like her. a specific side effect. It's specific in the context of this. Weird. For the rest of her life, she will take these drugs so that she can imagine chessboards. Huh? Do you think that's cheating at chess? Why would that be cheating at chess? It's her brain. I guess. It's just a weird thing. It's like if you take a drug to see, it just feels like it's cheating. I've never seen this show, so I don't really... Which, of course, references the scene in this episode when Twyla Twist takes drugs and sees a chessboard. <laughs> right, right. It was a weird part of the episode, I what thought. What I'm saying is the only reason they used this title is because they could put the word serpent in there and make it about Tony. Did you know the serpents are a gang? Do they know? <laughs> Has some anyone of, told this? <laughs> some of them know. And then some of them, including the leader, is surprised when guns are involved. It's very fun. Um, yeah, this one's going to be a good time. I'm <laughs> excited for this episode, to talk about this episode. Can I just talk about how much I'm enjoying the last few episodes, though, after Rivervale? They've been a joy to me. I have, like, I've completely accepted the show as self-parody at this mm. point, which has kind of let me let go of a lot of my problems yeah the worst and and, you know the worst thing it can be is boring thank you exactly riverdale never boring that being said uh if you were gonna do this story now maybe we should have offset all the cheryl stuff until afterwards and really focused on the gang stuff 
Because if I'm to believe that we were having a gang violence problem, I should have maybe seen some gang violence in the last couple episodes. There was some gang violence. There was one instance <laughs> of gang violence. Yeah. Here's the thing. Are they a gang? We're going to get into it. Okay. One step to go. Uh, this episode was written by Danielle Iman. I follow her on Twitter. She really? is great. Yes. So this is her only episode of Riverdale, and she has since moved on to be a staff writer at Moon Knight. Oh, that's so cool. And like her career is short and interesting because she starts on Grey's Anatomy as a production staff member in 2018. Then from there, she kind of disappears over the pandemic, which I'm sure many people did. And she becomes a WGA writer's trainee on something called Swagger, which is a uh, Apple TV Plus show. Oh. How do you become a WGA writer's tra- trainee? That sounds so great. I could be wrong, and I don't stalk her. <laughs> However, <laughs> I am going to pull up her her Twitter. I believe she was she was a 2019 HBO Writers Fellow. So oh, I'm wondering if that's what that, that meant. might be it. Yeah, because I don't know what that credit is for, but well, I, that could make sense. Or she got it out of that. Yeah. After that, she gets a story by credit on an episode of Swagger. She gets a telebot teleplay credit on Swagger. Then next thing you know, she's right. She's a producer on Riverdale for this season. Gets gets to write this episode of Riverdale, and then she's gone. She's on to Moon Knight. So, so I don't know if she's still on Riverdale or if she like. She's on... Or, or she she stayed on the whole season of Riverdale and then went to Moon Knight, or she left Riverdale to work on Moon Knight. This is just going to make me sound so unbelievably creepy, but I promise this is just from her Twitter bio. She's working on PLL Original Sin. This episode was directed by Antonio Negret. Antonio has directed one other episode of Riverdale, Wicked Little Town, which that was, was the last a, musical. That was the last musical. Yeah. They didn't do a musical for season five, right? Or was that season five? No, they did one in season five. Was it Wicked Little Town? I can't remember off the top of my head. Let me see. I'll look it up. Oh, no. Last season's was um, Next to Normal. Yeah. That was the last <laughs> time we checked in with Alice. Yeah. She was actually a human then. What um, happened? She was a, she was broken, um, but she was a human. Uh, yeah. Betty was like, I'll never, I'll never yeah, leave you. I love you. I got to go on the road. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to gotta leave you. I'm going to live next door with Archie. <laughs> well, that's close enough. Then he's done like a bunch of other shows that I haven't seen, like High Town, Magnum PI, and Just Beyond, and Prodigal Son, and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> Wait, you've never seen Prodigal Son? No, I haven't actually. I read the pilot for Prodigal Son, and I, I was liked like, it. I think I get it. I liked it. I was into it. I really Isn't liked... it still on? No, it got canceled. Really? I know. It was pretty surprising. It was one of the ones that you're like, really? Kind of weird. Yeah. I, I My favorite story was from the pilot of that, which is that they had hired Finn Jones Iron Fist to play the lead. And yes. then they did the table read and they're like, Finn, get out. Yes, I remember <laughs> And they hired that. this guy off The Walking Dead instead. He. It's funny because I thought both of them could really have played that part, you know? I don't think Finn actually has that much range. <laughs> Turns out, not a lot of range. <laughs> no, you know? Uh, the, his best move in Iron Fist was getting punched in the face. It was so satisfying You could get punched time. in the face on Prodigal Son, probably. Well, that's... The thing is, you're supposed to root for your protagonists. Oh. And I root against Finn Jones in every part he plays. Yikes. Yikes. Bold, bold fighting words. 
I don't know of him in any other role other than He was in Game of Thrones. I didn't watch that, really. Well, then, shit. (laughs) That. Yikes. I love TV, but I am very specific. Yeah, to the early 2000s. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That narrow window. And reboots of things from the early 2000s. (laughs) Those are my You watched The New Charmed? No, actually, I didn't. Oh, did you watch The Old Charmed? I didn't. I watched a few episodes of The New Charmed, actually, but I did not watch The Old Charmed. So that explains it. Exactly. There's nothing pre-built there. Exactly. No nostalgia for me to mine. Come on. What's the point? Put on something I care about. That's why I'm watching Degrassi again. I know. I love it. I figured that out. It's the best. All right. We have three plot lines this episode. Mm. We have the blood moon. Wow. We have uh, Reggie's dads and deep with some wise guys. Man. And we have the gang solves gangs. Okay. Let's do Veronica's plot. Okay. Or I guess Reggie's father's plot. Reggie's dad's in deep with some wise guys. No, I don't remember Reggie's dad's real name. Marty. No. You don't want to know? I'm comfortable with it being Reggie's dad. Okay, it is Marty, but... <laughs> Reggie tells Veronica that Reggie's dad wants to visit the casino. <laughs> it is going to get confusing, but okay. Reggie's dad is on the mend. He's always wanted to feel like a big shot. Veronica says, leave it to me. In like a way that made me a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I was wondering what she was going to do. Yeah. What does that mean? It means she takes Reggie's dad to their best table and best dealer. So great of her to put their best dealer at their best table. Right. Convenient. Yes. Otherwise, it's just a nice looking table. What makes the table the best? Yeah, it's good location. It's near closest the bathrooms. to everything that can take your money. Yeah. And then later, a guy comes to, comes to Veronica and tells her that Reggie's dad is in seven grand deep. So in, in, in one night, he has lost $7,000. It's like me paying taxes. It's fine. <laughs> So Veronica goes to check on Reggie's dad, and he's like, oh, no, I'm doing great, while looking sweatier than anyone has ever looked, and asks her (laughs) to uh, float him five grand, which isn't even enough to cover his problems. (laughs) Right. And also then another two grand. (laughs) You know what? Three grand. (laughs) She suggests he back out, but that'll make him look like a loser. (laughs) I don't get, I, here's the thing. I'm somebody who, if I gamble, I do get really into it, but that's like with slots. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I would like, if I was bad at poker, I don't think that my ego could take losing over and over again. Now, what I like about Reggie's dad Mm. is that he is the uh, single most pathetic man (laughs) on the show. And Reggie is desperate to make him happy. It's actually incredibly upsetting when you remember that he is a physically abusive person. Right, right. And Reggie's like, are you happy now, dad? (laughs) I've I've given you everything. This and he's is, like, this one guy was rude to me, so I feel sad inside. <laughs> it's absolutely so upsetting to watch Reggie stoop to this level and have the show never question that. Like, right. oh, Reggie, he was a bad man right. to you. Right. And it, any direct confrontation he's ever had with his father has occurred off screen. Right. So we only get these little weird fringe moments with him. And he's like, good news, my dad and I are friends. We're good. Okay. (laughs) If you say so. Yeah. Veronica tells Reggie what happened with Reggie's dad. And she asks if Reggie's dad's debts with Veronica's dad were gambling related. And Reggie says they're not. They were uh, uh, car dealership related. He gambled Uh, the car dealership. Reggie says Reggie's dad is fine and you can trust him. Him being Reggie, not Reggie's dad. You cannot trust Reggie's dad. <laughs> you can't trust Reggie's dad. Reggie's dad tells Reggie that he then lost the dealership in a game with some wise guys at a second location. 
here's a bit of advice, listeners: never go to a second location, Ever especially go with to wise a guys. Location with wise guys, which now that we know what that means, definitely not going to go with them. Three wise men invited me to a second location. Look, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's Christmas. <laughs> Reggie's dad says he just couldn't stop. The more he lost, the more he kept playing, and asks Reggie to talk to Veronica to talk to the wise guys. So Reggie asks Veronica what they can do for his dad. And she wants him to admit his dad has a problem. And Reggie's like, no. <laughs> Reggie's like, you realize we have a portrait of your father who tried to murder my best friend, me, blow up buildings, build a theme park. Question, who is Reggie's best friend? Uh, Re- uh, Hiram Lodge. Oh, okay. right. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's the weird thing. He doesn't, he's like, your, your father was a monster. His father was your dad for a whole year. <laughs> I do, I do have a, I did laugh when she said, when he said this to her because I did think it was funny. I was, I actually said, you should watch me. You can't because then if I was watching it with you, then this would not happen. Right. But I do react audibly to the episode. Oh, I did too. That's why I miss Riverdale Wednesdays when we had a group because it's, it's a better show for a group watch. Yes, for sure. 100%. Reggie meets with the wise guys, who I think are played beautifully. You yeah, know, these guys very stereotypically. Going, yeah, they're going very, <laughs> very New York mobster. And he asks to buy the business back, but they tell him it's already gone up in value. They got all they got all these scams planned to go into play. Uh, and Reggie's like, I love scams. Yeah, <laughs> I want scam with to you. scam. Uh, he ingratiates himself. He already knows how the lot works. He can be customer facing for them if they'll let him help them. And they agree off screen. Uh, Reggie tells Veronica he worked it all out and he told his dad not to come back to the casino because he has a problem and that's all she needs to know. Why does his dad not come back to the casino? Because the dealership is a casino now. So are they going to be competing casinos? That would be funny. I don't know. It just has slot machines. Which like, if (laughs) I walked into a car dealership and saw some slot machines, I'd be like, I got to get out of here. This is a bad dealership. (laughs) Well, I think I have seen that though. Like not not necessarily slot machines in a car dealership, but definitely slot machines in a place where you're like, why is this here? Like at an airport in Las Vegas. Well, why I is mean, it there? It's not a casino. It's an airport. It's dog. Vegas. It's all a casino. Is the whole thing a casino? Yeah. <gasps> is my Uber going to be a casino? It actually probably is. Reggie's happy mm. that his dad is happy at the dealership casino. Oh. And then he flashes to a meeting with his doctor. Reggie's dad only has a year or two left in him. So, Same with the show. <laughs> so is the best way for Reggie's dad to like continue his life is to be severely indebted to mobsters? Well, you'll remember, um, just so pathetic. <laughs> right. right. When he was like, I'm having the time of my life. I was he's, like, no. He was like, well, I mean, he can be in all the debt he wants. He'll be dead in a year. <laughs> right. I'm a little confused. Uh, Reggie, I think you might be responsible for that debt. When Here's he the thing I'm worried about. What if Reggie figures out that the solution to his dad's problem is just to beat up homeless people. Oh no, Percival got rid of all right. the homeless people. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> that, right. The that's doctor's how like, there's stopped. only one treatment that could save your father. That's what saved Hiram Lodge. to fight homeless people at night, and unfortunately. That was the absolute weirdest plot line of a show, introducing Hiram having a severe disease and then having it be... It's gone. Yeah, it's, it's gone. gone now. It's gone because he... Sorry, he's dead, but he's alive. ...fought people. I don't, yeah, I don't know. He felt more alive after fighting people at night. Yeah, I did not like that vibe. No. What season was that? Four? I don't Five? know. Yeah. Time is Three. a flat circle when it comes to Riverdale. What is the show? Yeah. I finally right. watched True Detective, by the way. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. And what did you think? Alexandra Daddario is really hot. That was most of my takeaway. Um, the rest of it was, she's in it. Is she? Oh, yeah. She's in it. But the show's good. I think. The Martha McConaughey season? Yeah. Who is she in it? 
She's like Woody Harrelson's side piece. Is that offensive? Girlfriend? Huh. I don't feel like it was girlfriend. <laughs> wow, I totally forgot that. She's super hot. The show is really good. It is a little slow, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I couldn't do more than one in a day when I watched it. It was just too dense. Yeah. And I felt like the mystery could have been like more exciting to me. Oh, it's not about the mystery, right? It's about the two guys. Yeah. Yeah, but I like a mystery. They're true detectives. Still don't oh, know do you like means. mysteries? I love mysteries. I still don't know what true detective means. Well, they're like detectives. But they're true to yeah. themselves? Yeah. <laughs> like in their hearts? They're saying like some bullshit fake detectives. <laughs> right, right. Well, now that you put it like that, I really understand the show a lot more. Yeah. Deeply complex. McConaughey is a true detective. Yeah, yeah. All right, Remember? so where do we want to go next? The Blood Moon or The Gang Solves Gangs? I think Gang Solves Gangs. Okay. The gang solves gangs. So, uh, town council meeting. I feel like we're going to get a lot of those this season. I Yeah, it's a, it's a <clears throat> kind of a bumper of every season, or right. every episode. Right. So, Percival says the main problem in town is all the gang warfare. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> where? what gang warfare? The ghoulies got beaten up by Archie, and then we have not seen them since. I, who, what are the ghoulies? And why is everyone concerned about this? There hasn't been a single fucking problem in... Months. I, it's very unclear. What... Tony says the same. It's like, what gang warfare? I'm talking Twyla down, apparently. that I, you, I don't know why we needed that line either. It, yeah. it would have been funny if she's like, they've been laying low ever since that guy went and beat them all up. Right, right. Almost like he was invincible. Yeah. Uh. But we're not talking about that, are yeah. we, town? No, <laughs> no. Tony says they're close to a ceasefire. And Percival has another solution. What about disbanding the serpents? I don't know, Percival. What about it? What have they done? <laughs> I gotta be honest, though. Look, I don't agree with Percival in any way. I will say, though, if if we are to believe that the Southside Serpents are a violent gang, which we do believe 20% of the well, time... They tell us they are, but they have never done a single <laughs> thing to make me worried about any of my character's safety. I, I know, I totally agree, but... But I do think if you were just to hear it and be like, yeah, they're this gang and they have a bar and they do illegal things and they sometimes threaten people, I'd be like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have that. Right. But right. because we know what the serpents are, we're like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you do that? Right. Are right, serpents? Right. Also, like, you know, there's the one perspective of, didn't we solve this in season two when all the students wore the jackets? Yeah, I also had that question. Isn't everyone a serpent? Right, right. Aren't we all serpents now? Isn't it, that kind of the point? Yeah, it's like, I am I am Spartacus. You are Southside Serpent. Every, this is like, again, you know, just like just like gambling. The writers of Riverdale are really keyed into gangs and gang right. conflicts. And that's why they like writing this again and again and again. It's right. because it's really what they know and what they're good at. And what <laughs> and what really they, they're most excited about as authors. I'm not really sure. I kind of understand keeping the serpents around because that was like her identity. Yeah, but no one else, right? Without without Jughead's dad. Right. Like, what are we doing with these? There's no, nobody over the age of 25 is in the serpents. Well, that's the thing. The in this episode, every background actor who's a serpent is like in their 40s. What if it's a tall boy? And I'm like, what happened to all the teenagers? <laughs> right, right, wait, wait. This gang keeps morphing and, and yeah. changing in weird ways. A gang of only new parents. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Tabitha says Tony isn't on trial and move forward. Tabitha is the only person this whole episode who will defend Tony. Everyone else is just like, we're all going to let this happen. Yeah, I have a question. What about Jughead? Does Jughead have no opinions about the serpents? 
Like that he, was his Jack whole thing. like, I'm just so curious about these serpents. What are they like? Right. Tell me about them. No, but like genuinely, like he was a serpent king, whatever right. that meant. Remember how hard he and Tony bonded in season two? And now it's like, oh, I know that guy, kind of. Yeah, yeah. She gave him a <laughs> tattoo. Do you remember that line? That was so sketched. That was really weird. That yeah. was so weird. That was so weird. I was like, we didn't need that. But okay. So strange. She did give him a tattoo, though. Does he have it now? Who knows? I mean, it's one of those permanent marks on any of their bodies. You know what would an amazing, huge opportunity, right? If when Archie got in vulnerability, all of his scars healed. Oh my God. Including tattoos? Oh, I'm just saying KJ would probably fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they let you into the army if you have, like, gang memorabilia? Buddy, so many army members have tattoos. I guess that's true. And I guess everyone's like, what's this outfit serpent and why does it look like it was drawn right. by a 12-year-old? Right. Archie could just be like, oh, it's a D&D club. And they'll be like, solid. Sure. Right. Okay. It makes about as much sense as anything. <laughs> right. Kevin returns Anthony to Fangs and Tony. Feels like a weird time to be doing that when they gave him Anthony to be out of the line of fire. I have a lot he of questions. Only, Kevin only returns Anthony plot in, a, in the plot function <laughs> to create the drama of Kevin doesn't think they should be having Anthony in their possession. And it's just deeply strange because episodes prior, Fangs and Tony were like, we think it's dangerous for Anthony to be in our <laughs> right. possession. You should hang on to him. And all of a sudden they're like, how dare you not trust us with our own child? <laughs> That's true, yeah. Clearly, Kevin should still have Anthony, and you all know that. Yeah, it's like, remember when you said that I could protect this kid? Uh, there's a disconnect. Is Kevin a parent of Anthony? This episode implies oh, that yeah. Kevin is 100% the father. And we have, we have spent this entire time thinking, Fangs is 100% the father. I know, I mean, it's like, look, look, it doesn't, biologically, it wouldn't matter Except for the fact that there's this weird situation where Kevin was like, hands are clean of this child. I do not want right. it. It keeps going back and forth. And if they're going to go to court about it, they have to make it clear. Right. It's, Show. It, it is It is a little unclear. You can't just be vague about that shit. I don't know why they didn't just say, like, I don't know why Tony didn't say to Fangs at some point, like, obviously you're Anthony's father, but we should formalize the adoption paperwork since you and Kevin aren't married. And if right. once you and Kevin were married, it was going to be easy. Like, whatever, something right. like that. Can you imagine someone's like, so what kind of a birth certificate? They're both his father? <laughs> and she's like, have you seen the pilot to Glee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We're just doing that. We're doing the mix and match thing. And then Jeff, like, all right, well, we're going to do a genetics test because that's ridiculous. <laughs> and then Jeff Goldblum is somehow the dad. Yeah, yeah. They recast uh, Kevin with Ke Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> right, exactly. I love it. If you guys don't watch Glee... Yeah, that's a deep cut. Um, no. <laughs> um, don't go back to Glee. It's gone. It's buried. It's in the past. We've all moved forward. Yeah. Do you know yeah. how much Gen Z hates Glee? Yes, I do because I'm on TikTok. <laughs> it is so funny because Glee did a lot of really good things for people. Did it? Glee thought it was doing a lot of really good things for people. Oh, for Leah Michelle, huge. <laughs> okay, so it did good things for Leah Michelle. But I, I no, to be fair, to be fair, okay. Glee... Did, did Glee was made at a time where I do think that the culture was different and I do think it was pushing the culture ahead in more ways than we thought it was because now we're looking back and we're like, this is bad and why is the teacher so creepy and why is his best friend 16? Right. But at the time you're like, wow, so scandalous. <laughs> yeah, or not even like scandalous, but like, oh, wow, like that's exciting. 
Like, you know, Santana and Britney are kissing. It's yeah. so cool. I've never seen a teen show do these things before. Yeah. It, then, then they weren't watching Degrassi. But, you know, right. I was. So. Oh, were you watching Degrassi? I've actually only seen it in passing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, you'd love it. Anyway, uh, Twyla Twist does a drive-by shooting at Pops. She has a really cool style. I yeah, admire she, her. She looks great. Whole she, episode. She kind of looks like a punk version of Olivia Coleman, and I can't quite you're not wrong right she you're does not wrong. She, was there like, is a coleman look to like, who her. is this why does she look just like yeah. punk olivia yeah. coleman <laughs> uh what's fun about the drive-by shooting is of course that nobody is hurt right right so it, a, it is scary it's scary for sure i i think it's so fun that like the gang bar is beneath a a a more public safe place and so and so when they do have a gang war it's that public safe place right. that's in the line of fire and not the gang bar <laughs> Yeah, right. That's true. Huh. Smooth move, Tony. Well yeah. played. Yeah. Tabitha tells Tony that Frank and Alice are convening the council to remove Tony. And it was Percival's idea. This guy's lived in town for four days. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What did he want with Archie's house? Yeah, what was the plan there? Yeah. Is there some kind of magical thing to Archie's house well, now? Well, there's the Palladium, but they Is never... Is it like the epicenter of superpowers for the universe? Probably. Something like that. I think this is the perfect place to build ga- ground zero for Percival Land. <laughs> which will be an even bigger theme park that takes up the entire town of Riverdale. It's so sad that Hiram's not around now. <laughs> and I can't believe I just said that, but it's true. Well, just for the bit for Hiram Just Land. for the bit. Aww. Because of a ghoulie drive-by, Percival mentions for Tony, the leader of not the ghoulies, to move from the Council of Four. She didn't do that thing. She's not responsible for that thing. But isn't she... And the entire town's like, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. There's a gang leader in our council. And because of that, a different gang shot at the diner. Question. Are these people brainwashed? Or yeah. Are they? I think they're 100% brainwashed is what we're supposed to take. Interesting. Because he's been doing his fucking census. Yeah. that's Well, the census, I think, was the brainwashing. I wasn't sure about the... Caitlin, it's a unanimous thoughts. vote other than Tabitha. Why would it be that unless he's brainwashing everyone? Yeah. That's true. Wait, did that mean that Archie, Betty, and Jacob just did not vote? They missed it. They missed the meeting. Oh, yeah, but, like, do they not get to vote? Is there no, like... What? You, what have you ever been to, like, a local government no. uh, meeting? Yeah. No. <laughs> do you have to raise your hand? Uh, well, it's a bit like that, and yeah. if you're not at the local government meeting, you don't really get a say. Huh. I should join local government well, Like, meetings. you can go up and be like, hey, there's a problem on my street with all these things huh. to, like, your town council and stuff. In Boy Scouts, for like one merit badge, I had to go to a, to a, like a local government meeting. And Do you was, get like the badge that says like, I went to the local government I, I forget. It, I think it was like a civics merit badge or That's something. Cool. Uh, There's is... multiple requirements, but that was part of it. I like that. But I haven't exactly gone since living in, you know, California anywhere. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> I'm kind of afraid to go to them. I feel like it'd be like the next door app, but in real well, life. Well, like the, anytime you see them on tv it's yeah. all the, it's all the people going like you can't make me wear a mask right that's exactly why and not like our neighborhood would be like that but like i do think it would be no, my neighborhood might be like that your neighborhood yeah. might be like that i i think it's also like the louder voices would be there mm-hmm. and not the people who are just chilling right that's so, the thing about it yeah, yeah it's always it's like a comment section for your town right exactly it's in next person. door in, next door yeah, yeah, in real yeah. life it's, exactly it's, next door is actually digital uh, yeah. local government yeah, except, except except useless. Completely right. It's Local government could get something done. Theoretically, yes. Next door is just yelling. Right. Yes. Right. 
Why does anyone download it? I, it's how to feel terrible yeah. about your neighborhood? That, <laughs> no, that one is easy download. That is truly how I felt when I downloaded it. It was useful for coyote sightings, but other than that, really, because were you like running into a lot of coyotes yeah. suddenly before that? Yeah, it was weirdly. Huh. Weirdly, yes. Huh. There's a few coyotes that hang out. One for sure. But I've seen like multi. I saw like three the other night. It was pretty weird. Wow. Yeah. No, I know it doesn't seem like it, but this is a like big coyote zone. I, mean, like, I think one time I was walking through the park and there was like a kid on a swing and like five, six feet away, there was just like a coyote. <laughs> was the kid alone? <laughs> the kid was with like two parents oh, and they were God, just having a normal God. time. And I'm like, sorry, so are we not talking about the coyote that's <laughs> no. right over here? <laughs> no, is it on the next door app? I don't see it otherwise. <laughs> If the coyote's They're not like looking at the coyote and it's like, not a next door, that's a dog. <laughs> right, right, it's fine. Or a big raccoon, unclear. So Tabitha's the only person defending Tony and lets her speak. And Tony says, well, Tony reminds everyone of everything she's done in this town. Uh, leading a gang uh, 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 is only one of them. She also went to college, became a counselor. Right. Came back to town, donates to multiple charities, is a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. That's so many letters now. It's so many. I, sometimes you just do LGBTQ plus. I always say LGBTQ plus. I just think it's a little performative that Tony does all of them. I know. CW might have, uh, might have. Uh, that feels like called? a Roberto move. Where it's like all these letters. Or, well, or, you know, because she's in the community, she's more cognizant of that than yes, I would be. That's true. So Betty and Archie and Jughead get to the meeting late because they're dealing with their own plot and learn from Alice that Tony was voted out unanimously. Well, unanimously except for Tabitha. Aww. And none of them take Alice's side and be like, Alice, are you drinking so much Kool-Aid right now? <laughs> what are you doing? Remember that cult you joined? Can we, like... Jughead needs to learn how to use his brain powers to fight Percival's brain powers if we're going to do anything in this town. Yeah, Jughead is really not doing anything here. I'm, so, I'm Jughead, sorry. Jughead is asked to read someone's mind and goes, oh, later. And then <laughs> has to be asked again to go read their mind. Jughead, please. Later at dinner, Tony pitches a brand change for the Serpents to Fangs. In her mind, they'd become an activist group like the Black Panthers. Which is only an interesting suggestion because the Black Panthers were called a gang by all news outlets at the time. Yeah, I also... It's, I know it's fueled by racism, but Antifa also called a gang. I don't think you're going to escape the name gang. That's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, I, I don't know if you can be like, my gang is now a different thing. That's not how... I'm sorry, you actually can't rebrand your own gang. Right. Unfor unfortunately, that's a no perception matter, thing. Yeah, no matter the intent. Because that's the problem with the whole thing, right? It's like the serpents are perce or perceived to be bad. It's all, yeah, right. You being like, like we're going to- That gonna... was the point of season two, was that they're like, the serpents are more complicated than you think. Right. But in execution, it was, the serpents are much vaguer than you thought. <laughs> right. Right. More complicated in the sense of, do we have a single mission statement? When no. I say complicated, I mean, you'll never figure it out. <laughs> but not like, it's deep. Not nuanced. It's not nuanced. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah you're never going to understand. <laughs> I think that's fair. When she suggests that, Fang says, wouldn't we be handing the town over to the ghoulies? And I ask, I don't know, would you? <laughs> do they want the town? What would they do with it? What are you doing with it? Do you have the town? Does that, if you become an activist group, do you have to give the keys to your bar to the ghoulies? What are you talking don't about? Don't just own a bar? Isn't that what this is? <laughs> it's also not a serpent exclusive bar. <laughs> it is just a bar. It's just a bar. <laughs> Sometimes they have karaoke. 
Uh, yeah. Are you really a gang bar? A lot of normal people go to that bar. Yeah, they sing Shallow from the <laughs> Star is Born there. Oh my god, they did at the gang at bar. At the gang bar. I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys aren't a gang. This is like this is like worse than the West Side Story gang. Thing is, the West Side Story gang makes much more sense. Well, sure. Yeah. Because they're fueled by but uh, they uh, watching their town crumble around them and seeing people move in who they who they culturally do not understand at a time when they're not being asked to understand. Yes. And so they are pushing back and being violent. But they do I love West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg West Side Story. It's the best My West Side Story West Side movie. Story. It's better than the other one. I'll say wow. it. I'll say it again. I'll say it a million times. Well, yes, there are some actual real... There are some real social conflicts within the West Side Story. Yeah. Film. However... Tony Kushner's script. <laughs> sure. I will say that they do dance and sing a lot. And that's not a bad thing. I, mean, I just don't think gangs I, do I, that. I, listen... Choreographed. I, I agree. And that's my, and with the old West Side Story, I think they look very silly. <laughs> they look uh, great. Uh, and I think in the new one, they do manage to uh, strike that balance more. To be fair, did not see the new one yet. Oh, dude, then maybe uh, watch uh, it. Yeah. I know. I actually started watching it and then I was tired. You know what's cool is that I think it's on streaming now. It is. I started watching it here, like, before but the thing is it's just it was two and a half hours i'm like i don't want yeah this no to be it's like not a... short and it and it does drag a little bit i yeah. wish it were a little bit tighter um, well, also and there's just... no easy way to say this but ansel elgort is in the movie i know um i i know i know I hey know. i i'm totally with you there uh do you remember the name of the guy from the original movie tony the actor i don't exactly oh, so i mean I'm, I'm sure somebody he's does. better he's better than the other guy he's still unfortunately wow. and will always be for the rest of his life Ansel Elgort. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that Ansel Elgort's performance was better. That, there's nothing memorable about the original guy's performance in What's West Side that? Story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about that. I'm going to think about that and come back to it. I don't think I'm going to remember I mean, that. There's a reason Rita Moreno is the famous one from that. True. And she didn't even oh, play and, the um, lead. No, and um, Natalie Wood. She's very famous. Yes. So she that wasn't her voice. Did you know that? I did know that. Here's my thing, right? Why didn't they title this episode South Side Story? Oh, fuck. Wait, did they already have an episode called South Side no. Story? No, they have not. They should. That's it right. Would, it would have been a better season it's two a, title. It's a better title. It connects more to what this is about than the Serpent Queen's Gambit. I wonder and if I'm they hoping, tried I'm to hoping get Danielle it. hears this and goes, fuck. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think she writes the title? Do you think I don't know. I, I think writers do usually. South Side, South Side Story would have been good. <sighs> Damn it. Hold on to that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's when the police raid starts. Yeah. Which rules, because Kevin's in first, and they're like, Kevin, what the hell, man? And he's like, I got a warrant saying you have illegal weapons. Are you a cop? When did that happen? <laughs> and, and, and like, literally, no, two seconds after showing that, a guy's like, and I got him right here. And he walks out of the room with a duffel bag full of weapons that Tony has never seen before. It's a huge duffel bag. That is a small it's huge. apartment. And after they find that duffel bag, Kevin says, check the baby's room. Fangs attacks him. He gets dragged out. I loved it all. Yeah, is Fangs is Fangs like hoarding weapons? In in this case, yes. Yeah. Behind bars, he tells Tony that he agreed to a battle royale rumble with Twyla, and that the serpents want to fight. <laughs> okay, so this is when I actually laughed out loud in this episode because I was like, "Yeah, it's a gang." This is notoriously how this is they, gang shit. Yeah, this is the gang stuff. And I thought it was the most interesting thing they're touching on in the idea that you could want your gang to be one thing, but the gang might not want to be that thing. Right. The problem is 
that there are only two named characters on the serpents anymore, and they are Fangs and Tony. So how can you create these plots of the of the intricacies of running the gang if we don't know any of these people anymore? Well, like I sorry, yeah. Percival's kind of right if in in the sense that he's like this show could be better without these extraneous storylines, oh without the homeless people, without the gang. Is that what he's trying I to wonder, do? I <laughs> wonder if he's like, listen, I'm just an editor. <laughs> yeah, I'm just streamlining this. I was like, we should add superpowers. We should take out these super storylines. Done. I, it's true, though, that like, I also think that this makes it a little bit more clear that Tony is not actually in charge of the serpents. You know? That being the serpent queen... There's an interesting thing you could go down there too of like would they have respected a male leader of more than more than Tony? Well, they didn't really respect Jughead. God, they really didn't. They've so... only ever respected Jughead's dad. Even then, yeah. they wouldn't listen to him. This gang sucks. <laughs> Running a gang, they don't listen. I will I will say, um, as someone who knows pretty much nothing about real gangs, mm. um, or TV gangs, or musical gangs, I've read The Outsiders. I really enjoyed it. I still don't really get. I don't. I don't really know what they're doing here. So I'm. I'm waiting for that plot to be more fleshed out to me. Right. Well, in the meantime, you know, there's a plot you'll be more excited about. Ooh. Tony meets with Janet, the social worker, who this received a complaint. Cool. And uh, as they're talking, Tony has flashes of her similar interaction from River Vale. How? Yeah. What? This doesn't quite follow their own rules for what River Vale exactly is. Which makes me a little bit nervous because we had heard recently that they kind of added more of the magic and shit into the show after Rivervale was, in their eyes, a success. I don't know who told them it was. Wasn't me. But I I, I think this is the wrong move. <laughs> it The thing that I... I feel like this could have happened with all the supernatural stuff and everything if they didn't have the Jughead Paradox episode. And save that for the like last right, episode. Because now, now that you've done that, how can you? Right now, it just feels like are we gonna have to go back? Are well, we gonna have? That's to, like... my thing. Is that they establish rules in that last episode that really closes the door on that whole thing, right? Forever. Mm -hmm. And so for them to go, nah, we're opening that door back up. Is like, okay, you're breaking your own rules now. Yeah. And they barely existed in the first place, but I kind of need them. Unless there's something that we truly are going to get at the end of the season that's going to be like a flip or something like it was all a dream I, yeah which would be Ooh. which would be very Ooh, bad but like it, it does feel like they're breaking their rules yes yeah again river bale with a b river headed paper bale she says tony tells janet that she would never put anthony in river vale she means danger <laughs> and then they discover that anthony is missing and in danger yeah get a lock for that window Ooh, girl boy. The serpents hand out missing child flyers and pops. Tabitha and Betty announce a search grid. Jughead scans people's minds to find out if they know anything. And all they know is they're judging Tony poorly. Uh. Tony gets a call from Twyla Twist standing by with Percival and Anthony. Although Percival's like, shh, don't tell her I'm here. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. She wants a final fight for control of Riverdale. Tony says she's in, but won't they return Anthony to Pops first? And then Twyla says, see you at 10 in front of the tuna fish factory on the docks. <laughs> I did like that line. They don't it's going to smell terrible. Yeah, they don't make tuna in a factory. I think they, they might farm the tuna in a factory. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No more tunas. 
I didn't realize Riverdale had their own tuna supply. Yeah, it's, that's we their biggest export. About, it's that now? Now it's <laughs> now that. Yeah. Oh, Cheryl must be pissed. I know. It was maple syrup. Oh, man. Remember that time where they freed Cheryl from her mind prison? And yes. then she didn't do anything to help them stop Abigail? It makes sense. Seems like a Cheryl move, honestly. Anyway, uh, Tabitha isn't comfortable with uh, Tony's whole plan, but she'll do it anyway, which sure. I've, de- I've determined is Tabitha's whole gimmick. I, I don't Being want like, to. Being like, we shouldn't do this thing, but I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> right. I'm new. I don't want to get in the way. I'm a voice of dissent, but never getting in the way. Eh, makes sense. Tabitha overhears a cop talking about a turkey shoot, a term I've never heard before. Yeah. And I, mm. But appears to be a term cops use when they're going to get an easy win. Uh. Uh, with the serpents, she asks Kevin to tell her what's going on. So she calls Tony and warns her that it's a trap, but it's too late. Cops roll through, and Tony tells the serpents to surrender. Kind of wish the serpents didn't surrender, to be honest. Really? Well, like, she's already barely in control. That's Why true. would they listen to her now? Yeah. Like, this, if, from my perspective, from everything that's been going around town, this is the end of the serpents. If they get caught here, if they lose this. Yeah. Percival shouts that they're resisting arrest when they're clearly not. Uh, and they're all filming it. And Tony is live streaming them. Yeah. Which is... The most powerful thing you can do to a cop these days, it seems like. Yeah, no, it's true. So Percival visits Tony behind bars, tells her that Tabitha paid her bail. Sorry. Do you have something to say? No, Stella. Her ears, ear shaken. <laughs> Tony will be released in the morning. In the meantime, they did find Anthony, and all the ghoulies were dead except for Twyla. Yikes. Uh, but Anthony is safe with his father, which in this case means Kevin. Yeah, Kevin, who really Because for a it. second I was like, thanks? <laughs> is he in, in, in the cell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Kevin really did not want this baby, but I guess we're going to... What if he's been Kevin's mind... like, I want in New York, but I got this baby. <laughs> <laughs> what if he, like, got mind... Uh... I mean, the move at this point What's is Kevin called? leaves with the baby. Yeah, then that would solve the problem. And then they go and the find baby. him, and he's like, I'm, I'm in a spinoff. And they're like, no, Kevin, you're not in a spinoff. You didn't get <laughs> a spinoff. Spin <laughs> what do you mean? Everyone gets a spinoff, not you, Kevin. Oh, no. Kevin thought he was in a spinoff the whole time, <laughs> but he's in a mind prison where he's in a spinoff. <laughs> How sad. That's actually brilliant. Yeah, it is. I, You know, I had this thought about the mind prison, which is just, remember, in, uh, season four, I think, was the year where it's like, oh, wow, Cheryl really is just in a completely separate show from yes. everyone else. It would have been incredible if in, like, a storyline like that on any show where like, huh, this character hasn't interacted with anyone for a while. What are they doing? If they late in the season, we're like, oh, it's been a mind prison the whole time. That's kind of cool. Like it could be like, oh, she fell into a coma and we didn't know. Right, right. We didn't realize that uh, uh, she's been in the hospital this whole time. Well, that happened on like Grey's Anatomy or something where it's like a character they didn't realize was... They're John Doe. Oh. Well, actually, kind of. Oh, no. It's been a lot of seasons of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Alice announces Percival as a new council member, another unanimous vote. This guy has lived here for a week. Yeah. Uh, seems like a, seems like that should be in the bylaws that it shouldn't be allowed, but okay. Yeah. Kevin lets Tony hold Anthony, but he wants primary custody now. She asks him not to. Why is he doing this? And he says he's only concerned for Anthony's safety with Percival threateningly over his shoulder. <laughs> so... His question is, Anthony's name Baby Anthony? Yes. Baby, first name, yeah, last name. First name Baby, middle name Anthony. Cool. I'm sorry, I've been getting it wrong this whole right, time. Right, I'll right. do better. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Baby Anthony Topaz. Baby Anthony. Baby Topaz. Right? Does Fanks, oh, Fogarty. I was like, does Fanks have a last name? He does have a last Cucumber name. Cucumber Melon, that's right. Cucumber <laughs> Yeah, we haven't used that in a while. Uh, it's been a while. 
Which brings us to the Blood Moon. Yeah, if you could say it like that continuously. So Archie comes home, and Percival's in his house talking to Frank. He's doing a census of council approval. He checks off two trauma boys in this house. <laughs> uh, everything he says sounds reasonable, but he's just so threatening about meeting everyone door <laughs> by door. So Archie kicks him out. How big is this town? <laughs> Frank, like, Frank, this could take a long time. <laughs> Frank tells Archie he can't believe he's treating this man this way. And I'm, I'm wondering, when has Archie ever been wrong about a person? True. Yeah. Archie's instincts are pretty spot on. Except for that one time he was like, Hiram Lodge, maybe not that bad of a right, guy. Right. Especially, well, yeah, he learned a lesson there. Yeah, yeah, fool me once. But like, definitely post-time jump, or in the entire time Frank has known Archie, Archie's been pretty on the level. Just thinking about the time where, where Archie comes home and right, finds yeah. Frank. Well, Archie forgot his phone. Right. Thank God he was my there. Phone. He has another line reading on that level. In this, wait, in this I don't episode. remember that. Oh, no. it's the scones. Oh, wait, I already ate the scone. I already ate it. But I already ate it. <laughs> but I'm invincible, remember? <laughs> I'm invulnerable. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I like. I don't know if that's how it works, but okay. I, I mean, it did. Yeah. He, he burned alive and he's fine. We'll get so, to that. We'll get Abigail <laughs> and Britta visit Thomasina's grave. Abigail thinks it's time for her plot to move forward. She's like, I've been kind of in the background a couple yeah. episodes. I think it's time I did something. She, her plan is to reincarnate Thomasina into Tony using the blood moon, and then they will slay Fangs and seal their love for all eternity. I'm sure Thomasina will go along with this. Cool. And then she'll kill the descendants of her assassins. She does not do this plan in this order. The super trio meet to discuss Pickens. What does he want? Can he really control minds? Can Betty just throw him in jail? Not without evidence of wrongdoing. Can Archie just beat him up? Well, then he's no better. Okay. I mean, you can kill I mean, him. But... He's a mind controller, so this might be the move. Yeah, you could bury him and no one would need to know. So, like, we got to get to a point in this season where Percival mind controls Archie. Yeah, probably. It'll be like that episode of Jessica Jones where uh, she has to fight Luke Cage. Oh, because they, they were like in they were love. like lovers. Yeah. And Luke Cage is invincible. Yeah, oh, that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, and he does feel very right. David that, Tennant. But her powers are all super strength. That was know? David Tennant, right? That was David Tennant. Yeah. That's the purple man. Yeah. Yeah. Not as interesting. Not that's... as interesting as Kilgrave. Uh, oh, as, that as Percival. I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, Percival Pickett is so much more interesting than, <laughs> than boring old Kilgrave from yeah. Jessica Jones. <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, Archie wants to go around and check on everyone and make sure Percival hasn't turned them. They do not accomplish this plan beyond two people. <laughs> uh, he also is like, I think this is why we have powers now, to deal with this one guy. Sure. Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, that gives us a purpose. So they go to Abigail thinking she's Cheryl. Weird place to start. And she'd rather talk about her own burning at the stake, which they think is just Cheryl going overboard again. Jughead's reaction is hilarious. He's like, oh my God. He's like, this again? Are you fucking serious? It's actually very funny because that's what I like about the Abigail switching with Cheryl thing is that she is just similar enough that nobody would know. Right. It's like, how would you know? Right. Cheryl's she is weird. exactly the same. And her react, her feelings about her own burning the stake are much more uh, believable right, than right. Cheryl's were. That's true. Cheryl which actually... is why I kind of like this interaction because all of our main team rightly are completely over this. Right, right. And, and Abigail is like, I'm looking at your faces and they are the faces that killed me. Yeah, exactly. I get it. And so it kind of works. Yeah, it totally works. 
It was weirder when Cheryl was making like this exactly. Thing. Yeah, it works better now. Yeah. Anyway, they leave, and uh, or she kicks them out, and then Abigail tells Britta they're making arsenic lace scones for them, and Britta, I guess, just helps because she certainly doesn't do anything to stop her this episode. I mean, I guess she is under the threat of being killed or thrown into the hay dungeon it, with is, Nana. It, but... I mean, is she though? Is she? Because you know, you know what really could have, you know, mailed that home for us. What? If when she was trying to break into the mine prison, Abigail had, I don't know, caught her or something. Right. And been like, if you do it again. And like hurt her in some way. Yeah. But instead, no, she's matter. not in danger. She says yeah. she is. She's. But yeah. she's not in danger. Maybe maybe Abigail thinks of her as her child I and loves her. I don't get this girl. I'm sorry. Yep. I, it's not my, it's. You gotta I, let I, I, said, go. I said I was letting it go. It's self-parody. Britta is not a character. That's what I'm forgetting. Right. Britta is a like a standee at an AMC or, or or like a like a um more like a more like a window shop dummy. Okay. Like most of the characters on the show, she exists to be dressed up in different outfits and react differently to different things. But there is no character there or arc. You know that uh, dummies and windows just like Alice man- man- mannequins don't react though, unless they're haunted. Right. Yeah. But like haunted. Mannequin. That's <laughs> that is an element of the show that. I have to make peace with is that it's not about characters it is about situations and about dressing your characters up in weird outfits and putting them into situations right with the basis of of thought logic tying it all together that's not usually what i come to tv for no but it's so, so fun, it's though. uh <laughs> it's a challenge because i'm like you have good characters you could tell stories about them you could do both and they only choose one I think that they do the best job, actually, with Archie. I've been thinking about this a yes, lot. Yes, we, we all love Archie. We've been doing yeah. a great job with Archie. Look, my feelings on Archie, speaking of character growth, yeah. I grew as a character. But Archie Archie is allowed to drive his own plots now. Yes, he is. And most of the characters are right. only allowed to react to other people's plots. Yes, that's fair. And that's Britta. And that's how I feel about So anyway, Britta. the gang visits Veronica, who I think officially uh, not a member of the gang anymore. She literally Veronica is uh, her own Cheryl in her own world. She has been divorced from the gang plot. Sorry, the gang plot's one thing. Right, this is a the different thing. The gang is a different thing. The, the, the super gang. Sure. I don't know what to call that three. The that trio? Th- uh, that sounds like the core, Buffy the Vampire Slayer villains. The core three? The core three, The yeah. core three, because you yeah. say core four now is core right. three. Uh, she tells them that Percival doesn't exist, which feels like a great thing they can ma- mention at any council meeting to put him on his tail, but they don't do so. Right. Uh, and that there's no paper trail of him. So like, right, you could be like, hey, that's weird. Shouldn't we all talk about that? Then she tells them about the suicide and they don't tell her about their superpowers. <laughs> Yeah, so she has no idea. Yeah, they're like, all right, bye, Veronica. No, nothing else interesting going on. Yeah. <laughs> well, they weren't even going to tell Jughead. Yeah. So. Right. And Jughead not even holding a grudge about it. No. He's like, fine. I totally understand. I wouldn't have told you guys either. Yeah, exactly. Are we friends? No, I don't know. <laughs> Abigail swings through school and offers Archie and Jughead scopes, scones with split diopter shots, which is when... The uh, the camera is both focused on something in the foreground and something on the on the background at the same time. Cool. Which uh, a camera cannot usually do. Obviously, it has to be focused on the closer thing or the further thing. But they can do like this special shot or it's like a stitched together thing, so they can both be in focus at the same time. Very cool. There's like a really good example of it in All the President's Men, where uh, Robert Redford's like on the phone with a guy while everyone else is watching like the news report that kicks off everything going on in the oh, background. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's, I'm going to look that up, actually. When she brings the scones to Betty, Betty sees her aura, which is actually the best use of Betty's power since the first episode. Yeah, I, I like that. So the only use of Betty's power since the episode. I should mention this whole episode, Betty's in and out of sunglasses. Yeah, I but guess But there's her. not really any rhyme or reason. In my mind, it's like she ha- she's getting a migraine. She puts on sunglasses. Sure, sure, sure. But they don't. But, it's not yeah. like established in the narrative. It's just sometimes she has sunglasses on. She looks so cool with her sunglasses the whole time really because she looks like she's got a headache when she wears them yeah but like she looks like cool hungover betty <laughs> like betty partied last night oh betty's wearing sunglasses in the fbi office the next day and her all of her co-workers like shit what did she get up to yeah exactly why weren't we invited <laughs> that we were like kind of a girl squad here i like how betty's like threatening scones did you poison those yeah she she's the smartest and abigail just sighs and leaves i loved that (laughs) whatever i'm out of here you're such a pain betty why can't i just murder you exactly she's great Uh, this whole interaction was adorable and then my favorite scene of the night betty runs to archie yelling don't eat that scone archie pauses swallows (laughs) i already did and then he makes and then she's like they're poison and KJ makes the most amazing face <laughs> of just like, but I trusted those scones. Yeah. How could they? How could the scones? And then he's like, wait, no, I'm invulnerable. I'm fine. He and so the third they scone. Have to... <laughs> he finishes Jughead's scone. Right. Can I have good. it? <laughs> they give Jughead salt water to throw up. Which is a fun fact. You're a Boy Scout. Do they work? Does that work? Um, I've seen it in other media i don't remember it from anything i learned in first aid well i know that charcoal is a thing that people drink um i don't know if that's to make them throw up or if that's just to absorb the charcoal yeah charcoal i don't think you should drink charcoal no you should no google it's like a thing the thing that i burn it's activated carbon um, also called activated charcoal, is a form of carbon commonly used to filter contaminants from water and air, among many other uses. It is processed to have a small, low-volume pores that increase the surface area available for adsorption or chemical reactions. Per the internet. Don't eat your charcoal. That would be my recommendation. But if you have to go to the hospital because you eat something, like if you accidentally get poisoned, they might make you do it. Where were we? <laughs> oh, the poison It's not charcoal. <laughs> the poison scones, John. So so what Caitlin's saying is that if Jughead had just eaten some charcoal, it would have solved all of his problems. Abigail tells Britta how upset she is that the gang, sorry, the, the, the core three uh, are still alive. Sad. And Abigail's like, does that, or Britta's, Britta asks if she's going to stop trying to murder them. And Abigail says no. And Britta goes, I guess I'm going to accept this and do nothing to help. <laughs> uh, Abigail is going to go get Tony's blood, but then she's going to go right back to trying to kill her heroes. <laughs> Oh, no. And Betty, Archie, and Jughead can't quite figure out why Cheryl's trying to kill them. It's like, is this still the ancient past? Murder of her ancestor? No one's, like, that surprised, though. I like that Betty's great plan is like, well, Jughead can just read her mind. Go, do it. And Jughead's like, hold on, I just threw up. I'm so tired. So uh, Abigail gives a bouquet of roses to Tony, uh, who pricks her finger on them, and Abigail keeps the bloody handkerchief. Not that anything comes of this. We never... Bring well, Tomasina never... back. Yeah. Uh, Tony laments her troubles to Abigail and tells her how much the ghoulies want to kill Archie. They've barely tried. Yeah. They didn't try. He came to them, <laughs> all of their asses, and then they laid low for weeks. Was the thing in Pop supposed to be an attack on Archie? Because he wasn't no, there. No, he's not there. Right. They have not tried to kill Archie one time. 
Well, they tried one time. He Not came to them. second time. He tried one time. Right, that's true. It was self-defense. <laughs> then Cheryl, dressed like a ghoulie, but like oh, they in, did bomb in, his house. In, in all red, like, oh, I keep forgetting they bombed his house because yeah. it didn't do anything. Right. Everybody's fine. Now they're better. I mean, I guess it birthed an alternate reality and uh, it was superpowers, confusing. but really backfired on those schools. Yeah, 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 really. It really did backfire when you think about it that way, yes. They Sorry, did. I keep slapping my legs, and I know that's bad for the audio. It's bad for the audio, it's John. so bad for the audio. It's okay. It's nice to have a little flavor. So Cheryl is dressed like a ghoulie, but because she, sorry, Abigail, but because she's Abigail and Cheryl is like, I'm going to be a ghoulie, but in all red. And right. also in a place where no one other than Archie will see me. Thought this was so weird. So he's going to see me and go, well, that's Cheryl. That's <laughs> right? not a ghoulie. And no one else will see me. So no one else will assume I'm a ghoulie, but I want everyone to think the ghoulies did this. So why didn't she wear it? This is what they should have done. She should have worn a mask or something like a ghoulie mask. To throw the thing at Archie when he's burning, take the mask off and laugh maniacally. Right. So right. that way, if he survived, which he wasn't so, planning right, right. Here's the doing. other thing. Cheryl, or Abigail throws a Molotov cocktail at Archie, setting him on fire. Right. And then we cut to commercial. But presumably, Abigail then leaves without making sure the fire kills Archie. Right. Who then just stands there. <laughs> Until it goes out, I was like, I better talk to somebody. <laughs> he wipes the last flame off and be like, that was weird. Anyway, where did she go? <laughs> uh, so Archie fills the rest of the team in on Cheryl's murder attempt. Sorry, Abigail's murder attempt. Jughead, seriously, go read that mind. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm tired. I ate a lot of I water. I just threw up. <laughs> Jughead meets Britta at the front door. He's like, you're... Britta, right? She, yeah, do we know she's like, I don't actually know anymore. I'm just an action figure. Have they met? Are they friends? He hears her think about the ritual. And she tells him Cheryl knows when she's lying. So Jughead asks her to think about it. To think what she wants him to know. And Britta's like, Britta's already game for everything. So yeah. she's, she's like, all right, let's do this. Info dump time. So, so through thought, she tells him that she's living a captive existence, that Abigail has possessed Cheryl, and she intends to kill the group and reincarnate Thomasina into Tony's body. Under the blood moon! Nice. So Jughead tells Betty and Archie that Cheryl needs their help. They're going to have to miss the Percival plot this week. They're not going to solve games. <laughs> no. Next week. And then Betty goes to Abigail crying and tells her Archie died. Great. But then the moment Abigail turns her back, she chloroforms her. Abigail should know Betty's suspicious of her, though. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, it's weird for her. You mean to after go- the scone thing? Oh, yeah, that's true. Fuck, yeah. Yeah, why would she? Why would she be like, this is on the up and up. Come in. Right, right that's true. I, never th- I forgot about that. When I was, yeah. Yeah. Why would she be like, oh, cousin? You know, like, why right. would this be her... Com- I mean, I know or Veronica's like the not moment around, she sees but... Betty could be, bang, you know? I mean, she wouldn't use a gun, but, yeah. like, she also doesn't use magic. What spell has she cast since she's come back? Right. She None, tries, not but... Not a single one. You could have had magic plots, show. Yeah, shouldn't Betty have confronted her and be like, did you kill Archie? And then she could have been like, no, and then she could have chloroformed... Anyway, it was a weird Whatever. moment. Whatever. Uh, Abigail awakens tied to a stake on a pyre, because apparently... Part of expelling her is to burn her again. Also, which you, is pretty fucked up. Yeah, you don't have to like re-traumatize her. I think the problem is that Jughead, Betty, and Archie are like have been spending this whole time going like, "You can't blame us for what our ancestors did." And this episode, yeah. like, and this in this moment, they're like, "We're happy to burn you again, bitch!" And then like <laughs> right. they light the fire. Right. And I'm like, it's a little unearned because she hasn't. I mean, 
It's not unearned because well, she tried to kill you all today. She did do that. But she failed so bad every time. <laughs> like, the thing about Archie being invulnerable is that now we can try to kill him every week. And, right. and it, it, it won't mean anything and he'll be fine afterwards. And so it, I don't take it as seriously as anything else. Well, to be fair, she did not really know that. So it is bad that she did this. Right. Does this end the curse? Is there a curse? I don't know. Jeez. I don't think there is a curse. I'm I'm team there is no curse. Right. Well, they chant. Abigail screams. The fire goes out. The doll twitches in Nana's hands. I'm wondering why Nana's there at all. Because she did this in the first place. Yeah, everyone's like, Nana. Thank God, Nana helped us. We love her. Cheryl's got her body back. And that that's as boring as it could be. It's just Not even a mention of, I was stuck in dreams. We could have done an episode where Cheryl was in everyone's dreams. That would have been cool. And we didn't do it. I liked that they did the Abigail thing with that, the Annabelle doll, the Abigail oh, doll. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was clever. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. So first Betty gets a call from Creepy Doctor Jr. And he's like, all these dead ghoulies, the wounds were self-inflicted. And that's not surprising for us anymore in the audience because obviously, well, when right? They say- Everything Percival is doing is making people kill themselves. He's already made people kill themselves. I'm not shocked. So when you said self... Okay, I had a, I had a question about this. When he says self-inflicted, he means that each individual ghoulie shot themselves, not each other. He's un, He doesn't make it clear one way or the other. Right. Okay. It, it, it could be read as the ghoulies killed each other. Right. Or the ghoulies killed themselves. Either way, the ghoulies killed themselves. Yeah, you know that's, I mean? that's true, yeah. After giving the doll a new wig to make it look a little more like a girl, the blossoms seal <laughs> Abigail away. That's nice of them. Yeah. Cheryl lights a can- candle and announces this will be their new vigil to watch over her. Britis has signed up for none of this. Also, I just think it's amazing that, you know, within a day, Jughead came to the group and was like, I think Cheryl's possessed by her ancestor and we need to uh, uh, undo the curse by setting her on fire again. They're like, all right, we're in. Sure, let's, let's do it. Do it. <laughs> we got to do it. And now they got to deal with Percival. What's he after? Archie thinks he wants to destroy Riverdale, I guess. Well, and he's like, it's different than what Hiram was doing. I was like, that's what Hiram was doing. I, I think it's almost identical. Yeah, it is. It's just a different method. He did. He didn't read minds. That was the difference. That was the difference. I do prefer this version, but... Sure. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Wow. Who? Uh, who's the citizen of the week? Tabitha, 100%. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, yeah, he's just a good <laughs> no, boy. Tabitha is a good person who's actually looking out her for her friends and the only uh, trustworthy member of the council at this point. Who, who jumped the shark this week? Uh, Reggie's dad. <laughs> really? Well, look, he he's not doing well. You know, like I don't, I know that's not what jump the shark means, but it's not going to go well. No. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't learn his lessons, so he he gets a he gets that. I'm trying to think for me who jumped the shark. I think it's just Britta just going along with everything and being like, I hope you stop, but yeah. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. yeah. That really stood out to me. You had high hopes for Britta. Every day. Every day. You wanted you wanted her to do and better. I, uh, you know, it would be cool to interview that actor. If she wants to come on I the would, podcast. I would love to hear her thoughts. Yeah. I hope she's not mad at us. Because we're like, Britta. I've been nothing but supportive of her and her character. John's wearing a British shirt right now. It's her storyline I don't like. I'm wearing a all, I'm actually wearing the El Royale sweater right now. That's a really good sweatshirt. 
I have to say, like, in addition to it just being, like, a cool Riverdale niche thing, Mm -hmm. it is just a very quality sweatshirt. Yeah, and just think, Britta could be wearing it while she works with Archie in all of his different jobs. LRL's not a working boxing club anymore, is it? It's just a council. I think it's town hall now. Didn't Archie want to be a boxer professionally for, like, a long time? Archie loves jobs. (laughs) What do you want? No, but, like, that was the thing. His new job is superhero, something he's been training for twice before without powers. It's impressive. I can't believe he took He's, he's like, man, I wish I had this during the Black Hood era. I could have right, right, <laughs> that right, so I fast. Never would have become up. a fascist. Oh, that was so weird. That was such a weird thing. Good good season, though. <sighs> really? You think? Season two? I love every season of the show, John. I, I mean, 100%. in retrospect. Yeah. In, 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 from a distance, you know? I, I'll still have the conversation with people where I say, I mean, Riverdale's best as random snippets completely out of context and then send them the highs and lows yeah. of high school football. My least favorite season was the first time jump. Those last season. That was my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I thought season four was really good in retrospect. Jughead goes to Stonewall Prep. Yes, I love that. Once we decided we liked Brett, it really fixed everything on that show. (laughs) Exactly. And that's really the thing about Riverdale is I feel like we need our headcanon to kind of make it better. Exactly. I don't think that was headcanon. I think Brett was the best. <laughs> and R.I.P. Brett. So, like, what do you think is going on with Percival? I think um, he's General Pickens. I'm almost positive. I just don't see what that means, though. Well, do you want a little bit of a spoiler? No. <sighs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I have proof. <laughs> I, I do, but before I heard about this spoiler, I do think he's General Pickens. I think that explains why he is not a person that we know. You think he's General Pickens. Do you think General Pickens is an immortal being? Or yes, I think. But keep going. Time travel. So I think immortal being because I think I think he's like what Abigail was in the River Vale plot where he assumed different identities over the years but was always General Pickens. I think that makes the most sense. I don't know if he's... Because why would he time travel? Why would he leave and come back? Right, exactly. If, if it's a time travel thing, he can be like, my town, I have to fix it and like do these things. But then it doesn't explain why he's so suave and good at everything. In the right. I think, he, I think he's an immortal being. And I think he, Percival Pickens is a fake identity, but he is General Pickens. Hmm. And if it's not that he's General... I, I just don't understand why his name would be Pickens if he wasn't... Like, why are we well, bringing that up? Well, because it's at least the ancestry of the original sin of Riverdale. Well, it would also make sense why he hates the serpents. If he were General Pickens, I wish they would have used Abigail for that, you know? Right, but I don't know if they because were same time. That's my beef. Yeah. Is that if you're going to do that storyline, it should be something where, like, she also being someone from a different time would recognize him. Right. And you could have their relationship be like completely more transparent to each other than with anyone else, which could be really interesting. But you know, they don't meet. Uh, yeah, I think I she think sees I him. think I think we might not be done with Abigail. I think there could be a situation in the future where they go, Cheryl, we actually need her. Yeah, I agree. Which would be sold better if we had seen any of Abigail's power. Well, if it had been like, oh, Abigail can fight Percival with X, Y, or Z that we don't have, then it goes, Cheryl, Cheryl, we need you to open the doll. 
Well, I clearly they set it up so that it's like, oh, make sure these candles are lit forever or else the dog. I don't, okay, okay, that's the other thing. Cheryl lights a candle and goes, this candle has to be lit forever. <laughs> and I'm going, does it though? Because I know you and you might just say that, but like yeah. the actual thing is keeping it locked. Also, what an exhausting thing to do. Like you could never right. go on vacation. Right. What are you right. going to do? It's like watering your plants, lighting my candle. Can it's you too make- much. It's too much. Yeah. And evil, they go to a silent monastery in upstate New York. Okay. That is built around a uh, scary box. Oh, yeah. That they say, if you utter any word in this area, it will release the demon inside the box. That's so much pressure. So no one talks the entire episode until Kristen, one night in the middle of the night, like, like it makes just an exclamation. Like, <gasps> or like, Or like, I think she swears or whatever. But then... Next thing you know, next day, things open. Look. Did a demon escape? No. Well, you'll never know. Why? Evil doesn't answer the questions one way or the other. Oh, right. It's a playing, it's like a faith thing. They want you to... What did the Ithrith know? (laughs) No. That's that's what some people say. No, it did not. Yeah. Did the box open? Yeah, the box is open. Oh, well. You'll have to, you know how you find out? Watch Evil? Yeah. Anyone? Paramount Plus? Knock, knock, knock. Season three coming down the pipe. Looks pretty dope. I, but they're, they keep renewing it, so... Someone is watching someone the show. Someone is watching. You, Somewhere. You and one other person. Right, it's the two of us. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> their both last name is Patton. Exactly. And they you love and, it. You and Beth love an evil. <laughs> so, do you have any theory? I also think that your theory about Riverdale being a remix is correct. But I don't know where that's going. Me either. I have no you know, idea. I don't, I don't know where that's headed. I'm trying to think. Yeah, the, they're, they're not giving you anything on where the powers came from. Um... And we kind of, does Jughead have a weakness? Or is it just that he's actually deaf? I guess that's his weakness, but it doesn't really seem to be bothering him. It doesn't really seem to cause him any problems. Yeah. Because they're, 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 Pickens should have a weakness too, by the same logic. Right. But his powers didn't come from the explosion. Maybe he arrived from the explosion. Interesting. <laughs> There we go. And that's, that's why he's it. interested in the house? He's from a parallel timeline, or he's from a different timeline. Maybe he's not an immortal being. Maybe he popped up from a different time. Like something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I did not think about that. That is something for the noggin. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I like that. We got somewhere. Yeah. Um, I think Reggie and Veronica is the most grounded plot. I think they're just on their way towards a breakup, and that's all they're really doing over there. That's literally all they do. They, like, have a scam, and it goes well, and then it goes bad, and now it's like, oh, we don't trust each other. You out-scammed me. Uh, And then when it comes to um, Tony and Fangs, I bet we won't check in on them for a while yet. And this whole Twyla plot can just, like, get out of the way. I'm so done with it. She's not a threat. She's not threatening. She hasn't hurt a single person. Well, they keep doing this on this show where they're like, property damage. And I'm like, you build... He runs a construction company. What are you talking about? This is good for Archie. Every time you destroy something, he gets a job. Well, it's also like we've had Twyla, whatever. We had Darla Dickens. We had Jughead's mom. We have kind of like all these different versions right, of the same... But she's not more interesting than the other three yes. we've done down the same path. Exactly. It's like, okay, mm, fine. Which is... Okay, which is why, and maybe, I, I, there's the reading I, I made earlier about Percival, where it's possible that his perspective is that he's cutting out all of the storylines or story engines of Riverdale that have been, from my perspective, a detriment to the show for so True. long. True. The gang plots, the, um, 
the uh, the homeless plots. The bank plots? I'm sorry, the casino plots? I know, imagine. Could that be next? Um, and the argument that I think Archie is making is that without those storylines, is this show Riverdale anymore? Interesting. What if it goes just Archie and Friends, season seven? The Archies, yeah. yeah. What if we started a band, guys? So I think, I think um, actually, now that, I'm, now that I'm saying it, I think the casino will be one of his targets soon. Well, I think it kind of was already with the guy who killed himself in the casino. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it was It's weird that he didn't just, like, tell the police about that. And right. By the way, police are very well-funded, aggressive, and well-manned this episode. Whereas in other episodes, there's no police presence in right. town. And there's but also, in this time, they have whole whole groups who are ready to take you out in your home. And also, remember when like they had to get deputies from... Other towns? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't FP the sheriff at one point? Yeah. What happened? Remember they deputized all of the serpents? Right. And now they don't do that anymore? <laughs> FP was huh. sheriff, and then he left town, and then Keller was sheriff again. Yeah. Kind of fucked they took it away from him. Remember when he was just unemployed for multiple seasons? Yeah. Why wasn't he sheriff and FP was sheriff? Because I think they thought it would be interesting to make FP sheriff. Sure. And it was. Yeah. I really liked him. I miss him. Yeah. Maybe he'll be back. Is he still like dating Lucy Hale or whatever? Oh, God. I don't know. I don't think that they're still dating. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to check though now. (laughs) So, yeah. I think that's... Oh, what are you watching? Degrassi. No, uh, I am watching Degrassi. I am really not watching. Oh, I'm still watching Girl from Plainville. I haven't really started anything new yet because I usually watch things before bed and I've lately just been conking out at like 10 p.m. Hmm. Um, so I don't really have anything good. What about you? Weirdly, the thing I'm most excited for right now is Dungeons and Dragons. Is that coming out soon? Oh, no, no. These are the games I'm playing. Oh, I'm sorry. So like I'm doing one where it's a heist and 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 we have all of the keys to this vault and we're about to go get all of the money and we had to stop last session so we're like right before the end and i'm like come on i'm ready for this but then my buddy who's the dungeon master so he's the one like reading uh-huh. from the book this one's from a pre-written book that they sell is it a fantasy thing still? uh we're in like an urban fantasy we're in like a well-populated city cool and he's like make sure you take some time to rest up or buy any items you need and i'm like mm. are we going into a big fight Oh, no. You're threatening me, sir. A rumble. Right. A gang rumble, if you will. And then I'm just very excited to run my own game in my yeah. own homemade uh, uh, fantasy setting, which is like sci-fi fantasy, future fantasy kind of stuff, where I'm going to make uh, my, my boys in my game go and like, there are quest boards with like, it's it's um the gig economy is going on quests and adventures for people. Do you have river <laughs> bucks that you're uh, exchanging? No, it's no? gold. It's just gold. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to have to uh, save a bunch of missing persons who've been kidnapped. To be, I like that. Uh, sacrificed for wishes to devils. Oh, yeah. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Who's Human trafficking the... is bad. Human... Yeah. And I think that was the message you were going that for. That was what I was going for. That's right. <laughs> Caitlin, where can they find you? So you can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets, R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. Um, you can find us where, John? Uh, at our at our Instagram, the Riverdale Register Podcast. Wow, yes. On Instagram. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. It. Anyway, guys, this has been really fun. Over and out, River Vixens. <laughs>